Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Praise the Lord. And if it was by works, you'd be toiling, you'd be stressed out, uh, trying, to, trying to be good enough. But uh, he was already good enough for us, and he already paid the full payment. Praise the Lord. Now notice what he says in verse number 10. For we are his, God's, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. There's no other way to be created. That's, that's how it was done. It was, it was in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I were recreated. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17, uh, that we are, we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so uh, we are created in Christ Jesus. Now notice, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we don't uh, do good works to attain salvation. We do good works as a result of our salvation. We are, we are saved to serve. We are saved to, to perform good works. He wants that flowing out of our lives. That's why James talks about, hey, if there's no uh, good works, uh, I'm going to show you a faith that's dead. Uh, something's not right there. Something ought to be coming out of your life. There ought to be something happening, something evidencing in your life. And so he, he says, hey, uh, you're his workmanship. You're his workmanship. Now think about that word workmanship. Does anyone have an idea of what workmanship means? It's mentioned here and also in Romans 1 and verse number 20. What's that? Poem. Poem? Okay. Well, that's certainly true. <clears throat> so a, a project. So I came. I had come across the definitions of of an art an art piece or a a masterpiece, um, but it goes along with uh, that idea. The the poem. I'm, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer there. Okay, and so um, regardless, it has the idea of masterpiece, whether it's a, you know, a project, poem, uh, a work in pro- um, process, uh, it is a masterpiece that God is, is working on. I, I think that's a pretty amazing thought, that you and I are his masterpiece, something that he has created in Christ Jesus. And that's the truth. The fact is, from God's perspective, our salvation is complete, and even our glorification is complete. Everything's, everything's accomplished. We're still living in time, and so we don't see it, see it like that. But from his perspective, it is a, it's, a done, it's a done deal, which is an amazing thing how he has done that in our lives. But as you think about this, as you think about this masterpiece, um, we, we, under, we live in time, so uh, to us, God is working this out. God is, uh, we're still on the process of this. There's a, a sense where sanctification is complete in the sense that we, we are completely saved, but 
there's a practical sense of, or a progressive sense of sanctification where this is being worked out over time. And it's being worked out over our lifetime. God is making us more and more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was thinking about art. Um, does anyone know what the most famous painting is in the world? I guess some of that could be up for debate, but... Everyone there? Yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. Uh, that's what they say. Uh, the Mona Lisa, uh, painted by Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci. Uh, what year was it painted? Fifteen oh three, fifteen oh six, somewhere in there. Still draws six million visitors a year. I mean, that's just mind blowing. Five hundred and eighteen years uh, um, old, and it's still drawing all those visitors. Um, and most, you know, people write you know, the, the most. Uh, you know, it's the most written about uh, painting. It's an amazing painting that that has survived all these many years. Now, you put a paintbrush in my hand. And a blank canvas, <laughs> we aren't going anywhere, right? Unless you're the son of, of uh, a high official in our country, um, you, you're not going anywhere, you understand. But you, you put a blank canvas in, son, in, front of, you know, in front of me, it's not going to be worth much. You put it in front of Leonardo da Vinci, and it's going to be worth something. Uh, total difference. And you know, you think about that... Um, the potential of a blank canvas really depends on or is determined by who's holding the brush, who's standing in front of it with the brush, who has the brush. You know, I think every year that we step into, there's something about a new year. Wouldn't you agree with that? There's something about a fresh new year. Uh, more so than a fresh new day, more so than a fresh new month, there's something about a fresh new year. And we stand in front of that, and it's like a blank canvas. <clears throat> it's like, it's fresh. Uh, there's a lot of potential there. And the fact is, the same, in the same way that the potential of a canvas is determined by who's holding the brush, so isn't the potential of a year is determined by who's holding the brush, who is, who's working out the, the art, who's working out the masterpiece. Who's in charge? I know when I uh, get in charge of my own life and my own perspective, my own ambition, I make messes of things. I make mistakes. I, I do. My feet do slip. But who's holding the brush of your life, if, if you will, in that way? I want you to think about that. Uh, your life, you have 365 days if the Lord tarries and if he gives you life throughout each one of those days. Uh, we don't know. We can't boast ourselves of tomorrow we don't know what a day is going to bring forth but if we're all living you know we have this potential that is out ahead of us but no matter whether we're young or old whether we're newer to the faith or not each one of us have that choice do i give this this opportunity to god to paint my life to work out his workmanship or do i take that to myself <clears throat> He says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. 
Proverbs 3 and verse number 5. What do we need to make sure that we're doing as we go into 2022 if we're going to allow God to be the artist, if he's going to be the one painting the canvas? Okay, I want to think about that tonight. I want to give us some verses of Scripture, and we'll turn to, uh, to several as the Lord would allow. Proverbs 3 and verse number 5. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We have two things. Trust. Trust. If God's going to be the one that's in charge of the canvas, there has to be a willingness to trust him, to trust his plan, to trust who he is. When you can't trace his, his hand, trust his heart. I think D.L. Moody was the one that said that. You don't know what, what he's doing. You, you still can trust in the fact he's a loving Heavenly Father. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. But notice he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge who he is. Acknowledge his authority in our lives. And those two things, trust in him. He has this under control. He can take this. He can take us all the way. He can do what is necessary. He is, he's not one that's going to renege on us. He's not going to uh, turn on us. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. And we must acknowledge his authority in our lives. One man said, every area of our lives must be turned over to his control. We must have no will of our own, only a single pure desire to know his will and to do it. Well, we have to acknowledge him in that way. Lord, you're in control. You're the artist. I'm not it. I take it to myself. I make a mess. You're the one that's in control, and I gladly give that over to you. So what does that look like in our life on a daily basis? How do I give the brush over to him, so to speak? How do I say on a daily basis, I'm trusting you, I'm acknowledging you as the one who can make a better painting than I can, who can make a better workmanship than I can? Not, not just a better, infinitely better. Are you with me on that? Infinitely. I mean, uh, what was it? Um, was it Spurgeon? No, it was Deal Moody uh, who, who said, uh, who had heard the words, the world has yet to see a man, what God can do with a man who is fully devoted to God. And he says, by God's grace, I intend to be that man. We, we, so, we so underestimate our potential in the hands of God. And when we, we make our plans, well, this is what I can do, and it's all based on our limitations, our experience, and, and if we just give it over to God. That's why I say, even as we look forward as a church into the coming year, if we can, if we can wrap our brain around all the plans and all that God wants us to do, then we're probably thinking way too small. We haven't given it over to God. What does God want to do with our church in the coming year? What does God want to do through us in the coming year? Who is it that he wants us to reach? Well, that's impossible. Yeah, God wants, God wants to do those impossible things. He wants to do those things that bring glory to him, and he alone gets the glory. And so what, on a daily basis, do we need to be making certain that we're doing as believers, as followers of God, if, the, if we're going to give him the paintbrush, so to speak. I want you to think about this. Number one, 
Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Think number one, that we must present ourselves daily. Every single day. This never goes away. There's never a time you and I are not to be presenting ourselves. I understand there's a lot about that. That is a one time we come to a crisis moment with God where we say, I'm all yours. And we give up to God. We, we yield, we submit to God. I've had that, I've, I've remembered that moment at the age of 17. But you know what? Every single day I have to wake up and say, I belong to you today. I'm yours again today. And get back on the altar again, anew and afresh, and just remind myself before my Heavenly Father. He hasn't forgotten. I oftentimes forget. And give myself back over to Him, presenting ourselves. I'm yours today. What do you want me to do? I am here and ready for service. What do you want me to do? It's like Saul on the road to Damascus. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Do you notice how he said, Lord, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What was Paul doing? He was acknowledging who he was. He's acknowledging, that's my Lord, that's my master. Lord, you have the authority to tell me what to do, and I'm presenting myself uh, to you right now for instruction. And so we must present ourselves daily to him. Every single person in our church family, if we're going to be a, a church that's moving towards the Lord's, uh, towards our full potential and towards pleasing the Lord, every single person needs to be waking up. Lord, what will you have me to do? But that starts with you and me. That starts right in my heart. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm presenting myself to you. But number two, I want us to think about this. Uh, the Lord guides us through his word. The Lord is guiding us and he's giving us direction through his word. And I, I think that we must understand the importance of delighting in God's word all the time. Far above my own word, far above my own thoughts, delighting in his word. Sometimes it's easy to make uh, the, the practice of being in the word of God a, a, a ritual, uh, something I check off the list. But friends, you cannot divorce, you cannot divorce uh, being in the Word of God from spiritual growth and from being directed uh, into God's plans. Uh, you cannot, you, you're not going to have God writing and, and make it a beautiful masterpiece of your life without the Word of God. He has planned for the Word of God to be integral in our lives and in our growth. And so God's word brings that guidance. God's word brings that growth. But notice what it says in uh, Psalm 1, verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There's the, there's the wrong side. There's a man who, who is, is walking according to the lust of the flesh, according to the whims of the world, and so he is, he is walking with the ungodly. He's standing, kind of hanging out in the way. And then he sits down with the scorners. It's a progression. There's a spiral away from godliness. The converse of that, the absolute opposite of that, is the man in verse number two, but, but his delight, the blessed man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
It is something that is consuming them. He is not tuned in to the world and tuned in to God's word. He is, his delight is in the law of war. That's where his heart goes. Now you can't, you can't walk in this world without hearing some of the, the junk and, and garbage that's going on in this world. It's everywhere. And it seems like it's pervasive. I drive through cities like, like Chicago and it's just like, whoa, this is... This is this city needs God. And uh, you, you, can't, you can't avoid all that, but I'll tell you what, it changes everything when, when my, my heart delights in the word of God. And that's the, that's the heart, that's the person that God says, that person's blessed. That person's blessed. And so that's what we need, is that, that heart that is delighting in the word of God every single day, presenting ourselves to God, but then, Lord, what... What are you saying to me? Because I, I want that most of all. I, I want to follow your word. And, and notice what happens in, in verse number three of Psalm 1. And he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither. Hmm. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You look at a person in the middle of this, this world climate who's growing and prospering in their spirituality and their relationship with God, well, you can mark it down, their delights in the law of the Lord. Their roots are in deep. And though there's winds and there's doctrines and there's, there's drought and all those things that are coming uh, about, their, their roots are in the word of God, their delight, their heart is there, and oh, how we need that. Why? Because God's word brings guidance. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This world's crazy, and oh, how we need the word of God to be our guidance, and it is that. It gives clarity. It gives clarity. Oh, how much more we need to be in the word of God through this year, and we need to lead others to do the same, encourage others to do the same. You know one of the ways that you can encourage others within our church family, within your family, to be in the Word of God is by simply having it as your delight and then sharing your delight in the Word. It's just like right before the service. Obviously, that, that verse stuck out to you. You know that helped me, and that helps us. And right there, a little case in point, how one believer being touched by, by a word from the Lord, and saying, hey, this is, my, this is my verse. Here it is. Here it is. This is, my, this is my verse. You know that's contagious. We need to be that type of a church family this year, sharing what God is giving to us. But then it doesn't just bring guidance, it brings growth, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, where does that come from? From the Word. It's the Word that brings that, that growth. And we're going to have plenty of times to gather together in this room and, and open up the Word of God together, but the Word of God needs to bring growth every single day of our life. We need that desperately. We, we cannot be dependent on one man. I mean, there are religions that are built around that. That is not God's design. God's design is each one of us to be growing in the Word and giving the Word everywhere be a, to be a, a, a channel for the Word. So, I'd ask you this, how are you planning to embrace God's word this year? What is, what is your plan to, to read through God's word, 
uh, to take it in. And I did put out there on, the, on one of the round tables, um, there's a group that are going to do it on version. are going to go chronologically one year through the Bible. So uh, the one-year Bible, if you've not come across the one-year Bible yet, it's a wonderful, wonderful item. Uh, it, it, it lays all the readings out so that you read through Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs, and you read through in a year's time. But they have different, different uh, versions of that um, in the sense of um, they, they have, a, I believe, a two-year plan, but they also have this chronological plan. So we're going to take the chronological plan on the Uversion app, but I've also put it out, out as a, just a uh, little pamphlet here with the daily uh, readings that are there. And uh, you can also scan the QR code and get it added to your calendar. You say, how, how do I do that? Well, let us help you, and it'll just show up on your calendar for the day. But regardless, how are you going to go through the Word of God? I know some, uh, some folks have asked me, hey, we would like to go through it in two years. Great. We went through it earlier this year in 90 days. Great. However you're going to go through the Bible, make sure you have a plan to be in the Word of God. And I can guarantee you, if we're not in the Word of God, we're not going to be delighting in it. So I just encourage you, what's your plan? And help others to have a plan. Invite others to your plan. And uh, maybe there's someone that's close to you in the church. Invite them uh, to be reading with you and encourage them in that way. But then number three, let me encourage you in this way. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. That's right at the end of the, of the armor, right? So we, if we're going to stand in the, the battle for truth, and we're going to stand and having done all to stand, uh, it gives us that whole list of armor. Then it ends up with praying always, praying always. It just reminds us the importance of prayer. And quite honestly, uh, I feel like I am uh, continue to be an amateur in the, in the area of prayer. Is, is it, I, I need the Lord to do so much in my life about prayer. But I know this. We need, we need to be communicating with God regularly. I mean, he told us unceasing. There needs to be an open line to heaven at all times. Charles Spurgeon said this when asked, what is more important, prayer or Bible reading? He asks, what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? Breathing in or breathing out? Uh, they're both important. How, and, and we need these. these. These are the simplest parts of the Christian life. But we need to make sure that we are, we are giving priority to them. And so if you're going to allow God to paint the canvas, this has to be a part of it. It has to be a part of it. Turn over to Mark 14 and verse number uh, 38. Mark 14, verse number 38. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, if you're going to, if you're going to avoid pitfalls and traps, if you're going to make sure that you are following after the Spirit, not after the flesh. This is what you must do. Mark 14, verse number 38. Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Let's say that out loud together. Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. What does he say there? The Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. How many would agree with that? Yeah, it's true. And so there has to be this, this spirit to 
I'm going to seek God. I'm not going to be seeking the thing, uh, my own help. I'm going to be seeking God. And so he told his disciples, make sure that you're watching, you're on guard, and you're in this attitude of prayer, communicating with God unceasingly. But then lastly, let's turn over to James chapter 1 and verse number 22. This is highly important because as we consider presenting ourselves to God, as we consider being eager to hear His voice, delighting in His Word, communicating back to Him. By the way, Joshua, Joshua did not pray before he went to Ai. What happened? You remember? Yeah. Because he didn't give time, time to God to, to influence him, to direct him in prayer. Many, many costly and damaging mistakes can be avoided by prayer. Mm, isn't that interesting? But James 1 and verse number 22, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Why? For if ye be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He's like unto a man, beholding his, uh, his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, he goeth his way, straightway forgiveth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We cannot forget the importance of obeying God immediately. Obeying God immediately. Whatever God says, we have to put into practice. And have you ever noticed this? You ever noticed that the longer you delay obeying, the harder and harder it becomes to obey? Isn't that amazing? But there seems to be plenty of grace when I just take the step. That step of faith. Like, I don't see how this is going to work out, but I'm going to obey. Friends, we have, to, we have to put whatever God's telling us to do immediately in place. Get right immediately. Uh, witness to that person immediately. Encourage that fellow member immediately. Disciple them immediately. Whatever God's saying. We need to be a church that's just immediately putting in it, you know, God's word and what he instructs us to do in practice. Delayed obedience is disobedience truly is we believe that with our kids and so we often say with our kids uh, we want obedience that's right away all the way and with a happy heart well that's the same with us and god right away all the way and with a happy heart and when any of those items are not there it's not quite the right obedience and so the potential of a blank canvas becomes um, becoming valuable a valuable work of art is determined by who's holding the brush. And friends, I can guarantee if I'm not presenting my, my, my life to the Lord on a daily basis, if I'm not delighting in His Word, I'm not communicating, I'm not obeying, I can, I'm the one with the brush. I'm the one trying to design my own life. 
And each one of us can do that. You know what? We're never too spiritually old to get to the place where we, we, we I'll take that back, thank you very much. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll work this out. I know how this goes. In fact, I feel like sometimes as the, we get a little bit older in the faith, we're more prone to start leaning to our own understanding. The newer believers of our church need to see the older believers of our church saying, presenting themselves to God, delighting in his word, coming in. You know what's an amazing thing? Even on, on Sundays as we gather together, you can tell across, the, there, are, there are some that, ah, this is old hat. There are others that, boy, it's just, they're eager about it. They're eager. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their, their demeanor, in the way they're responding to the, to the word. You can see it, how they, they're excited when they're talking about the word of God. Oh, how we need to be a church that is delighting in the word and allowing God to paint the canvas. Um, why don't you take that hymnal in front of you? We'll not sing it, but I want you to notice it. 611. 611. But he's supposed to have the, the paintbrush, right? Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands. Let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet. Let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice. Let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite, not even the smallest amount would I withhold. Take mine intellect and use every power as thou shalt use. Take my will, make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thy own. It shall be my, thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet in, in its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be ever, only, all for thee. Talk about an application of what we're just talking about tonight. Right there. Every part of me. You. You take it. You design my life. You make me what you want me to be. And so that ought to be the prayer of our heart going into this year. And would you bow with me, and let's just take time to ask the Lord to make that the reality. Submit ourselves to him in that way. Take a moment before we observe the table of the Lord and just say, Lord, I, I want that to be, I want that to be me. I want to lead, I want to have that uh, true of me in my life, and I also want to model that for others so that others might understand what it means to be allowing you to have full control, painting the canvas.